Ari Rosenbaum here with another fun-filled episode of the Forward Cape Podcast. This week's topic, we're going to talk about behaviors that plan sponsors should avoid with their plan providers. And of course, first things first, by the time this episode drops, we will be in Seattle. So we can't uh, promote that one on that 4kcite.com. But we got events in Charlotte. Uh, we have the national virtual event for, you know, you can attend for $2.23 uh, in January, and uh, as it stands right now, um, with the 2023 schedule, uh, I've been talking uh, with some stadiums. I'm supposed to talk to Texas today, Arlington. Um, I'm supposed to talk to Milwaukee and Detroit, I think we'll talk to and whatnot and, and see where we're going to do that. And like I said, we're committed to about three to four events next year. Um if there's more interest, we'll do more. But, you know, as it stands right now, I still think that we are in a state of flux when it comes to live events in terms of uh, sponsorship and attendance. But anyway, go to that 4 site.com for further information on all the events. The National Virtual Great Two-Day Event. Spend a couple bucks. Here's some content you don't usually hear during the live events. And the beauty of YouTube uh, is that if you do miss it and uh, you want to go and, you know, or if you just want to have a record of the two days, uh, you can because we'll uh, unleash it on YouTube after the Zoom call in January. But anyway, now back to the topic at hand, behaviors avoiding with your 4K plan providers. You know, Ronnie Dangerfield is one of my favorite comedians, and of course he had that whole thing, uh, how people uh, get no respect, and I do think a lot of times that 401k plan providers don't get respect as well, and unfortunately there are people out there that abuse plan providers, and um, I think as a plan sponsor, plan sponsors really shouldn't be, um, you know, abusing their plan providers, and there's kind of a, you know, way to deal with things, and I think that's topic is, you know, a very difficult one because I think that people always look at the behavior of others and they forget to um, look at their own behavior. You know, it's always, uh, I can spot, you know, how they're behaving. It was always, it was always funny when you're dealing with people who were just the rudest people, the uh, probably, you know, narcissists or whatnot, they always look at other people's behavior, but they never look at their own. So they're very, very sensitive to what's said to them, but they forget um, how their words hurt or how their behavior may hurt other people because they just don't care. And I think number one thing is out there is I don't think that plan sponsors should be wasting the time of their plan providers. You know, I, I think, you know, plan sponsors obviously need to review their your plan. They need to review current plan providers. Um, they need to make sure that their plan providers are doing the job that they contracted to do. Um, and, you know, the way to see if the uh, fees are reasonable is to, to benchmark them. You use the 401k averages book or, um, you know, um, contacting other plan providers and engaging um, the cost. So you could, you know, benchmarking reports, the 401k averages book, but also go to competing plan providers and see what they're charged. The problem with that is, when looking at competing plan providers, I think it's important to, you know, compare apples to apples, not apples to oranges. So if uh, you have a uh, full throttle, 
you know, TPA who adds a 316 service and is all in at one charge, don't go to a no-frills provider like a, a payroll provider and compare fees. You have to pay, you know, plant sponsors have to pay reasonable fees, not the cheapest. And I think that picking a plant provider just simply on cost is one of the silliest things that a plant sponsor could do. There is no race to the bottom. There is no race to zero. There isn't a requirement to pay the lowest fees possible. That is not the name of the game. And when getting quotes from competing plant providers, you really should be up front. Um, I think the, the worst thing you could do to two, the two worst things to do to people is giving them false praise and false hope. And by uh, talking to a competing plant provider and just wasting their time not being up front, you know, hey, I'm benchmarking the fees and this, this, and that, and, and, and you're upfront and honest about it, I think it goes a long way if you. Um, kind of just blow people off. You get your fee and just like, oh, uh, I'll, I'll be in contact with you or every single time, get, get back, you know, talk to me in six months or whatnot. I just think that you're wasting people's time. Just be honest, um, be upfront. Uh, I know it's kind of tricky dealing in a sales environment and how to tell people that you're not interested in things. Um, you know, usually, uh, you know, one of my pet peeves of LinkedIn uh, it will always be when you get a LinkedIn, uh, specific LinkedIn invitation to me is always just annoying. And the specific LinkedIn invitation is somebody who says, I do business with attorneys. I sell services to attorneys and I think we should hook up or yeah, I think we should link up. And I'm like, no, we shouldn't because I, I think that the only thing that you're interested in is selling me something. Now, you know, as an ERISA attorney, um, you know, uh, my core audience are plant sponsors uh, and plant providers, but I don't go up to a plant provider and say, hey, I'm an ERISA attorney. I think we should connect because I want to sell services to your plant sponsor clients. It just doesn't work out that way. Um, I always feel like, you know what, you provide a service, you provide information. People should know what I do for a living. Um, I think it's pretty clear. You write free content. Advisors can use it. That's always been my thing. Plant providers could use it. And um, they'll call you when you need when they need you. And, and again, somebody who's a bookkeeper who works with other attorneys is going to reach out to me. I do my own bookkeeping. I have no interest in that, but whatever. I just kind of ignore it. But when you're engaging with a plan provider, just be upfront and say, "Hey, you know, we're doing this to you know benchmark our fees." And uh, you know, right now we're happy with our plan provider unless we see something turn up and. Uh, we'll just keep you in mind if uh, things should change. And again, I know it's, it's it's difficult, but you know, time is a valuable commodity for anyone in the business. So be mindful when seeking out other providers that will be helping you to do your job as a plant fiduciary. Um, and you know, time is money, and, and, and certainly don't waste our time. Next on the hit list is not accepting responsibility for their mistakes. You know, there are a lot of things that go wrong, and you know, there are things that go wrong and it's the plan provider's fault. It could be the TPA screwed up. It could be the advisor who just, you know, didn't bother to um, replace funds as the IPS calls for it. But when it's the plan sponsor's fault, they should accept responsibility for it. If, you know, if the plan sponsor's late with salary deferral deposits, that's their fault. If they provide incorrect information in the TPA um, census request form or they forget to mention about another plan that they have or a control group situation, that's a problem too.
um, constantly canceling a meeting uh, with the advisor on enrollment education meetings. That's on the plan sponsor as well. You know, they could always say that you lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. A solid plan provider, such as a TPA or financial advisor, could help the plan remain compliance. Uh, and, uh, you know, you still, you know, plan sponsors really still have responsibility to do. And, um, you know, I think one of the responsibilities is except when they made a mistake and not expect the plan provider to, to, to pay for their mistakes. And I, I have that from time to time where you see that where uh, a TPA will, you know, will be in a situation caused by the plan sponsor and then they'll want the TPA to pay for it. And I'm kind of incredulous when that happens. I believe that, you know, I think people should pay for things that they break. And if the TPA did not break it, I'm not going to ask the TPA to pay for it. And I've seen situations where I just tell a client, you know what, I'm not going to ask the TPA to do something that I don't think uh, is, is their fault. I, I can represent a client to the best of my abilities and give them my advice. But, you know, I'm just honest when I, you know, find fault. And um, if a TPA made a mistake, and I've had a situation where TPA made a, a stupid mistake on um, key employees and didn't treat uh, somebody as a key employee and, and simply forgot the rules uh, on attribution and whatnot, and um, that was a problem. And I expected the TPA to fix that, and, and the, the TPA did fix that. And, um, you know, it's... You know, it's an interesting situation. You know, um, I, I I just really don't like when people find faults in others that they can't find in themselves. And again, if a plan sponsor goofs, the plan sponsor should be uh, paying for it. Next, wanting them to do stuff for free. Um this is a sore subject with me personally, but years ago I was completing tax returns as a side business. Um, this is many years ago. This is going back 20 some odd years, way before I, 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 really, I, I really went on my own. So the Rosenbaum Law Firm was incorporated in 2000. I didn't start my own full-time practice until 2010. So for 10 years, I was just, I had the apparatus and I would do tax returns on the side. I would do wills on the side. I would do everything but retirement plans, obviously. You know, you can't work and get paid full-time to do ERISA work and um, use that work on the side. So I would do tax returns and whatnot. And let's just say I had a relative who was dating somebody, and they wanted me to do the significant other's tax return for free. Um, and I just refused to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I caused a lot of heat and, um, that was a hill I was willing to die on. And I think that is one of my pet peeves. Um, I think that if you do work for free, in my opinion, you basically tell people that your work isn't worth anything. And so this relative who, again, it was, um, uh, we had used the word the Yiddish word chutzpah. Chutzpah is like nerve. You know, you have some nerve. It's the idea of, you know, chutzpah, what's the perfect example? Chutzpah, the orphan who killed their parents, and you know, saying that they should uh, have a reduced sentence because they're an orphan. Or you know, the perfect example is I want you know buy a book of chutzpah and I want you to pay for it. So the chutzpah was with that 
pro series tax return, I could merely have said that it was uh, self-filed, uh, self, uh, uh, like kind of like a TurboTax where it was self-prepared. And I said, well, you know, you can do the tax return on my uh, program and and say it's self-filed. I'm not going to sign for it. And of course, that wasn't that wasn't good enough. And again, if you do work for free, the person who receives that work, you know, thinks that uh, hey, it's just not worth anything. And um, you know, the two times I, I did, you know, retirement plan reviews for free, the plan retirement plan tune-up, but you know, what should I charge seven fifty four? Two times that I did it for free, where there was an advisor saying, "Oh, there'll be work, uh, you know, coming together." I remember one time was this advisor from Pennsylvania, and the other one was an advisor from Long Island. And needless to say, I never got that work down the line. So I did two reviews at fifteen hundred bucks for free, and uh, ever since then, it's not something I do. And so, if you know, if a plan sponsor doesn't want to work for free, they shouldn't expect their retirement plan providers to do that as well. I always. Put my shoes. I uh, put my put myself in other people's shoes and um, understand how other people can take things. And I, I think it's very very important to have empathy, um, to understand other people and their relationships and, and what to do and whatnot. And uh, empathy, I think, goes really a long way. I just had um, there was a TPA that I out in July. I knocked out about 20 some odd plan restatements. Um, it was like 23 restatements in the matter of like, you know, 15, 20 days. But, um, you know, the, the, the TPA claimed that there was an advisor who just was going to yank all the plans from this TPA because the advisor wanted the TPA to do them for free. Um, and that was a problem since I was, you know, charging the TPA, you know, whatever it was, like a thousand dollars document or whatever it was, and um, I just, I, I just think that that's that's nerve. You know, you can't expect the TPA to knock out a plan document for free. You get cool about the fee, but expecting them to do something for free—not everybody's Fidelity or Vanguard and whatnot. And people have to eat too, and you know, plan providers, you know, have to pay employees, and uh, there may be a plan document fee based on the plan document that they have and whatnot. And uh, you know, they can't pay their rent, they can't pay their employees with free. Um, years ago, uh, when I worked for you know TPA, you know, you'd have 750 clients, and um, you know, the TPA's owner every single time there was a ancillary amendment that was required, uh, like the 415 amendment, or there was like a, a restatement, you know, all, all I can think about is the money. Wow, you know, if I if I charge, you know, $450 an amendment times 750 clients, look how much money that is. Or if I'm going to do a plain document, I'm going to charge $2,500 times 750. That's a huge amount of money. Uh, that's great, but that's not the reality of it. The reality of it is, again, if you send out letters to 750 clients and say you're going to charge them this, this, and that, you're always going to get the phone calls from people wanting to nickel and dime you. Um, I, I, I'll never forget the lumber company um, that we that we had, and you know, every single time I was a plain document, it was always the same people. So every single time they were they're trying to nickel and dime you. You know, if you're charging 450 for an amendment, they want you know get paid. You know, you you have to give it to them for three three hundred dollars or whatever it is. If there's a plan restatement for twenty five hundred dollars, you're not going to pay more than two grand. 
and it was always the same people. So it was a lumber company called me up and, you know, said that uh, my plan amendments were a mail merge document and, you know, um, and I should be charging less and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he got a little defensive when I asked him about lumber and how much he charges. And, you know, again, that's a lack of empathy. I don't ask people to do what I, you know, what I wouldn't want to do myself. I treat people um, the way I want to be treated. Kind of goes a long way. And, uh, um, you know, the, the problem is, is that if there was every plant sponsor asked um, a plant provider to do something for free, um, you know, these plant providers have to close it down, live their worse. Um, and I, I, I think that that, you know, that, that is certainly a problem. And, uh, just recently, uh, being the fiduciary of a plan, we had, how do I say this nicely? It, you know, um, an employee, in one of the plans complaining about market conditions and restrictions on their accounts. Cause there's a blackout notice, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, of course, I find out it's a former employee. It's always a former employee. And the guy obviously has too much free time. He's a former CFO. He's got graphs. He's got this. He's got that. And he wanted to charge us $3,000. Uh, otherwise, he's going to the DOL. And if you know me, I don't like to be threatened. Um, I just i am not a big fan of threats. So therefore, what happened was the providers went through the whole uh, history of the changeover to make sure that they got all the uh, dates done correctly for the blackout notice and the accounts and whatnot. And obviously, this plant participant was still lying about the notices he did receive. But in the end, the plant provider said to Ari, said to Ari, said to me, "What do you want us to do?" I said, "I'm not going to ask you to pay for it. <laughs> you know, I, I would be offended if you actually paid for it." And I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that I don't think a plant provider should pay for something that that's not, not, you know, certainly not their fault and they're certainly not in the wrong. Um, you know, it'd be easy for me to avoid a DOL inquiry later, but I think that we were on firm legal standing and I wasn't going to be, you know, in my mind, uh, blackmailed uh, into giving, paying somebody off. I, I, I call it the smash and grab where you have the former employee has a grievance, wants a couple bucks to go away. I, I, I'm never going to do that. Um, that stems from the time where I worked for a TPA owned by two Jewish people. Um, and there was a plan administrator who was an Orthodox Jew who, you know, couldn't make the, you know, could, had days off when they, you know, had holidays. I think it was Sukkot or whatever it was, but he claimed to work uh, at the office on Sundays, except the, the problem was the key fob didn't show that. Um, they fired him. He alleged religious discrimination and he got $3,000 to go away. And, you know, as, as a fellow Jew, I, I, I would fight that tooth and nail. It's just, I'm not going to be accused of being an anti-Semite uh, if the guy is a liar um, and didn't do his work and whatnot. That's just how I am. Next on my list, getting in the way of work. Um, I had a friend, uh, I still have a friend named Rich Cole, and one of the, my favorite quotes he ever did was, we were involved in student government together, and he was a rabble-rouser, and uh, I think one of the funniest lines I ever heard somebody ever say in politics was, you know, the reason he returned was because, the student government, was because he was the stick in the wheels of corruption. And I always use that line, I, I say I'm not going to be the stick in the wheels of progress, and I don't think a plant sponsor should be that as well. 
and uh, a plant sponsor has a job to do, and and plant provider has a job to do, and uh, you pay them good money, don't get in their way. Um, provide the information that's requested. They need you know information to do a forty a form fifty five hundred. Auditor has requests if the plan has an audit. Um, you have an advisor who wants to conduct fiduciary meetings. Uh, any delay is, is, a, is a problem. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that's certainly an issue. And, um, you know, I, there's no way, uh, you, you know, a plan sponsor should be in the way of a plan provider doing their business. Um, last but not least, um, when dealing with plant providers, I don't think you should treat, you know, I don't think plant sponsors should treat them disrespectfully. I treat people the way I want to be treated and, you know, usually works out well. Sometimes it doesn't, especially where I live. But, uh, when you're dealing with retirement plant providers, um, you know, I think plant sponsors should treat them well. And if they treat them well, they'll be treated well as, you know, as well. Uh, we all make mistakes. We aren't perfect. There's certain ways to deal with a plant provider, errors without looking like a bully when you're angry. Um, and the only times I really get angry uh, is when I'm driving in my neighborhood and dealing with people who don't stop for a four-way stop. Or yesterday was the guy who was speeding and zigzagging on Lawson Boulevard by me, but when it came to the uh, red light and when it turned green and we're beeping at him, he didn't move. So I mean, that's, that's where it really gets me angry. But anyway... There are certainly ways to deal with a plan provider that's not doing a great job, um, but they're professionals. They should be treat, uh, treated with some respect, and if there are issues, it should be done, done calmly and uh, uh, tastefully. And uh, you know, treating them with disdain and treating them like they're a piece of garbage, uh, you get more with uh, you know honey than you do with vinegar. Uh, that's a famous saying. I don't. Uh, I, I certainly don't disagree with it. You treat people well. They will treat you well, and the world goes around, and that's the kind of stuff that you need. So that's this episode of that 4K podcast. Next week's topic, we'll find out what that will be, but please tune in. Go to that 4KSEC.com for further information on all our live events, including that 4K National Virtual Conference in late January, $2.23 to be part of it. The fee goes up i think after thanksgiving it's probably gonna be 20 bucks or something like that so please sign up as uh, soon as you can and that's it uh and again hope you tune in next week thanks bye